brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the Opperman Report. Join digital forensic investigator and PI Ed Opperman for an in-depth discussion of conspiracy theories, strategy of New World Order resistance, high-profile court cases in the news, and interviews with expert guests and authors on these topics and more. It's the Opperman Report. And now, here is investigator Ed Opperman. Welcome to the Opperman Report. I am your host, private investigator Ed Opperman. Uh, the show is brought to you by Audible.com. You go to audibletrial.com front slash Opperman Report. You sign up, you get a free audio book, and it helps to support the show. Tonight we are live on TalkStreamLive.com, uh, HazyRadio.com, uh, PSNRadio.com, uh, Radio, uh, Talk Superstation. And then, of course, the uh, Awake Radio Network, all across the U.K. and the U.S., AwakeRadio.us, AwakeRadio.uk, 1800 Online, Shizaz Radio, uh, the, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, the Scottish Radio, uh, Scottish of the Land, Sovereign, Scottish of the Sovereigns of the Land, uh, those guys. Uh, then, throughout the week, we'll replay it on ParaX Radio, uh, Saturday night, 7 p.m., uh, Penny Entertainment, Blog Talk Radio, uh, Firehorse Radio, Wednesday nights. Uh, we were just added on uh, Late Night in the Midlands on Tuesdays, 4 p.m. Uh, every week. And that's going really good. Uh, we're added on High Point Radio, uh, both on AM and FM, uh, covering New Jersey, uh, New York, and Pennsylvania. I'm not sure what night or what day, but if you're out there listening on High Point Radio, uh, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, Cave Radio Broadcasting just added us. They're going to be playing us twice a week. I'm not sure the dates and times yet on that, too, but I'll get back to you. Uh, Northern Lights Radio just added us this afternoon, uh, and we're going to be on there Friday nights live on a simulcast, Northern Lights Radio. So everybody, uh, look them up, Northern Lights Radio on Facebook, and uh, give them a like, and uh, welcome them aboard uh, to all the stuff we're doing here. Uh, we've got some big announcements coming up about our Spreaker channel and our iHeart channel, okay, because, you know, we've been signed up to this. It's not easy to get signed up to these guys, and we've been uh, uh, signed up. We haven't been using them. 
Uh, so we definitely have to uh, get going on that. And I might have some announcements on that in the after show. Now, tonight we're going to have Tina Foster uh, about the Paul is Dead controversy. You guys might remember this. Uh, uh, the Beatle Paul McCartney uh, was swapped out with an imposter. And there's all kind of clues and all kinds of stuff going on uh, on the albums and in the songs and stuff like that. Tina's an attorney in Seattle. Uh, she's researched the area of doubles, imposters, replacements, uh, focusing on Paul McCartney since 2008. And she's examined how they're used in psyops by intelligence, military, and entertainment industry. And her in the, uh, research is posted at Plastic Maca. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, Paul is dead. Plastic Maca. Plastic Maca at uh, blogspot.com. Uh, oh, by the way, too, before I get to Tina, I want to welcome all the new listeners that, that heard me on Clyde Lewis last week uh, because I know we got a lot of response from that. I know a lot of people... Uh, or tuning in and adding us on Facebook and uh, going to the blog and stuff. And also this week I did a, a spot on a Max Resistance Roundtable. Uh, it's on YouTube. And uh, there's a bunch of great guys on, on this uh, YouTube Roundtable thing that they do. And it's on a radio station too as well. I don't have the name on the top of my head, but we also, uh, they're considering playing us too as well. Uh, but great bunch of guys and a really interesting discussion. And uh, we got a ton of response from that as well. So I'm sure that because all the people that are listening to them are into our stuff too as well. So I'm sure we'll be picking up some new uh, listeners from that as well. And then you're welcome. You don't have to call in to the after shows, all you guys. Uh, coming up on the 26th, I'm going to be a guest on Hart Fisher, uh, Heart Attack Radio. Uh, Hart's a really cool guy. We had him on our show a while back. He's like a, a horror film producer and a publisher. He was on Jerry Springer and all those TV shows. He did the... Uh, uh, who was it? The, uh, the comic book about that guy, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. And he got a big, giant, uh, big uh, publicity on that. Now, last week we had uh, Dr. Judith Reisman. Uh, we got a lot of feedback on that. Uh, you know, here's a woman devoted 40 years of her life to uh, studying uh, Kinsey and the Kinsey Report and exposing him. Uh, she was on a Donahue show. She did a lot of media back in the 70s. Uh, and, uh, you know, I tell you, it, it's a crime. Uh, because here I am, I'm talking to this woman, you know, we got along great. She has all this research on Kinsey's connections to Kenneth Anger and, and Crowley and all this stuff. And uh, she offers to let me see her material. You know, hey, come on down, go through my material, go through my library, go through, uh, you know, all my documents and, and uh, have at it, you know. And we don't have the funds to do it, you know. We need someone out there that can then, uh, be an angel for us here and uh, come in and support uh, uh, the work we're trying to do here. Okay, but tonight... We're going to have a nice, uh, I guess you can call it a light topic. Maybe not. Depends on, on where it goes. Uh, but we have Tina Foster. Tina, are you there? Yeah. Hi, Ed. How are you? Very good. Why don't you tell us about yourself? Well, I'm an attorney in Seattle, like you mentioned. And I've been researching Paul McCartney uh, being dead or replaced since 2008. And I have the com website where there are a lot of picture comps uh, for people to look at and other research. It's not all up there yet. There's there's so much information. It's <laughs> It will take a long time to put it all up. <laughs> but there's definitely more to it than uh, song clues and picture clues. But that is part of it because, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. <laughs> Well, yeah, let me ask you this first before we get into that. What kind of attorney are you? Um, well, I have uh, basically like a general practice. Okay. 
Yeah. And I don't want to give out too much personal information. <laughs> okay, then we'll, wait, I, we'll just breeze right past it. <laughs> we'll just breeze right past it. Mean, <laughs> I can tell you I have two law degrees, though. Oh, very good. And, okay. I, and I am licensed in Washington State, so... Okay, but then let me ask you this. The reason why you don't want to go too public is there's a lot of controversy over this and people are really passionate about it, right? Well, I've had my house posted on the Internet and I've had threats made against my career. So, <sighs> yeah, so I just want to get the information out without exposing myself too much, if that makes sense. No, it does. It makes perfect sense to me. Trust me. I've been involved with the West Memphis 3 case and, uh, and a lot of controversial stuff. And for some reason, people get very, very passionate about this. So I think way too much and uh, way too involved. Uh, you know, what are you going to do, right? Well, it yeah. opens up a whole can of worms because Paul McCartney is maybe the most famous imposter replacement. It's just... Uh, Imposters, people probably know they're used in the military and intelligence, but I don't know if people realize that people are actually replaced by basically controlled puppets. And there is some history to support this. Um, for example, Mata Hari was a, a double agent, but people, maybe they don't realize that when she was in training in Berlin, that a double of hers was sent out on, the, on her dancing tours and nobody knew that it wasn't Matahari. And Osama bin Laden is another one whose CIA, CIA agent actually admitted to playing him in these propaganda films and having other CIA agents uh, working as actors in these films. And so there are, the doubles and the imposters and the actual replacements, it's... It's like the super secret realm of intelligence operations, and they don't want that information to get out, even though if you do some research, you know, it's like a, a General Montgomery had a, a very famous double, uh, Emmy Clifton James, who went around North Africa uh, talking about this Plan 303, which was a plan to invade southern France. And so they were spreading this information. And Emmy Clifton James was a perfect, perfect, I mean, not a clone, but looked exactly like Bernard Montgomery. I mean, I, I, you can look at pictures of them and know that when. Did I lose you? So basically when people come out talking about doubles uh, or replacements, because it's such a secret uh, agenda that they they ridicule people and they deny it and they just because they don't want that information to get out and how how they're used in psyops. Okay, but it's not that secret because if you look at Saddam Hussein, there's definitely three or four of him. Oh, there are at least seven actually. Yeah, I was going to say seven. Yeah. But I don't want to sound like I was exaggerating. <laughs> no, one one was actually killed by the um, one was assassinated. They were trying to kill Saddam Hussein, obviously, and uh, it was a Shiite Dawa, I believe, I killed one of Saddam Hussein's doubles. And actually, there was a doctor who said that Saddam Hussein had lymph cancer, and he died in 1999. And he said that the, the Saddam Hussein you're seeing after that was actually just doubles. Hmm. And when Saddam Hussein was arrested, uh, the wife, his wife and his girlfriend 
we're both saying that's that's not Saddam Hussein. <laughs> right. So. Now, what about yeah. now, back in the 70s when I lived in New York City, uh, there was a guy, I think his name was Ripperman, uh, who used to go around and put these posters up on the walls uh, all over the place. And he used to claim that uh, Khomeini, uh, during the hostage crisis, that they had swapped out Khomeini. What do you know about that? I have not researched that at all. Okay. I've looked at Kim Jong-il. I mean, he is officially dead now, but there was a professor in Tokyo who wrote a book saying that the real Kim Jong-il died in 2004 or 2002, I believe. And the military elite in North Korea had maybe four doubles that they were just trotting out. And they were using those doubles to keep control. Right. So... Now, how did you get into the study of all these doubles? What made you get interested in that? Well, I was researching something else, and I came upon a link to the Paul is Dead conspiracy theory. And I had heard about it before because I was a big Beatles fan. I've always, you know, for a long time, I've been a big Beatles fan. I always thought, oh, well, it couldn't possibly be true, but I'll just click on this link. And I started looking at the pictures, and I fell down the rabbit hole big time. Yeah. And it was very upsetting because, I mean, you can see that they're not the same person. It's like, wow, it's pretty disturbing, actually, and what happened to the real Paul and then how people have been deceived. And it's just this whole can of worms. So. Okay. Uh, have you heard anything about um, uh, Mark David Chapman uh, possibly having a double uh, in New York City or, or around that time? Uh, of the assassination? Well, what I've read about Mark David Chapman is that he was possibly some sort of CIA asset because he was in Beirut right. for the, quote, YMCA, which, you know, is, is a little bit suspicious. That he flew from Hawaii twice to New York to kill John Lennon. Right. And, you know, he had a catcher in the rye on him, and so did... Uh, Hinkley, right, when he um, shot Reagan. And his, the, the, whole, the circumstances around that assassination are just very suspicious. There was um, Padorno, who was CIA, who was the doorman. And, um, you know, there's a book by Fenton Bressler about the John Lennon assassination. And he, he seemed to think that it was some sort of operation a CIA or somebody, and it was because they were afraid that John Lennon was going to come out and start causing problems again politically. And uh, but I got it's you. A, it's a good book. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I actually corresponded with, with uh, uh, Fenton Bressler. That's a long story. We'll get into this as the night goes on. <laughs> but I've actually <laughs> corresponded with him. I'm very uh, intimately involved with that story. Um. And by the way, too, uh, you know, another Hinkley thing, too, is that he had this, there's this supposed to be a security guard, you know, and he has this huge art collection in his home, you know, it's just uh, beyond the... Uh, oh, right. Yeah, and he was in Beirut, he was in Beirut and stuff like that, just ridiculous stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay, so now, um, now with Paul McCartney, because a lot of people know this story already, okay, that either they swapped him out or that Paul died. Now, now what do you think? Do you think he actually died or do you think he just swapped out? I think he was he was killed and imposter replaced. That's based on the clues and reverse speech and 
just, I mean, there's so many things that seem to point to his being killed with some sort of head injury. So, and I've, I've narrowed down when I think that happened to, um, I think it was actually on their U.S. tour after their Seattle show on August 25th of 1966 and before the L.A. press conference on August 28th of 1966. So you basically see Paul playing Seattle. Then there's two days downtime and then fall, in my opinion, is at that press conference. And uh, I know that they have recycled pictures of the Seattle show and saying that they were from Candlestick, which was the last Beatles concert, which was not a very good concert by all accounts. So, (laughs) so you you don't believe you don't buy into that whole uh, he died in a car accident. No, I think that's one layer of the disinformation. If people start to dig deeper, that they'll kind of hit the. The car accident story, be like, oh, okay, they just want to replace them to keep the money going. Right. But, you know, they if you've got a replacement ready in two days, then okay, because doubles they take time to find, they take time to train, and this is not something that you can pull off in two days. It would have to be some sort of a, a program to to find the replacement. And there was a Paul McCartney lookalike concert, uh, I'm sorry, um, uh, contest <laughs> in 1965, and the official winner was Keith Allison. But it could have easily been a way to find a double for Paul McCartney, and that person may never even have shown up on the radar. They just pulled him aside and said, hey, we've got this job for you. <laughs> yeah, right. And, who, and who's not going to take it? Now, well, let me ask you this question then. Now, what about Paul McCartney's brother? Because he's still alive. Yeah, the family stuff, you know, you've got you've got death threats against Heather Mills. Mal Evans was about to release a tell-all autobiography on his time with the Beatles, and he was shot to death by the police one week before he was going to take it to the publisher. Um, Brian Epstein, drug overdose. Well, let's go back to Mal Evans, because now I heard on one of these documentaries that he was shot by a Kennedy investigator. Have you been able to confirm that? My information is that it was uh, his girlfriend called the police. Uh, Mal Evans was waving some sort of an air rifle, but that same night he had talked to his collaborator on the book, John Herney, and said, if something happens to me, make sure this book gets out. So Mal Evans gets shot because the girlfriend calls the police on him, and the book disappears. The mem- he had a suitcase full of memorabilia and, and songs and whatever that disappeared. His body even disappears. Oh really, Matt? I didn't yeah. know that. Let's hear that. Okay. So it's a little suspicious. So when you start thinking about, I mean, Heather Mills was saying she was getting death threats and she actually sent a box of evidence to somebody in case something happened to her that the truth would come out. Okay, and I heard that, but now do you know what the stuff about Heather Mills um how, before her life before McCartney? Uh being the model? Being a model and being one of Adnan Khashoggi's prostitutes? Oh, I did hear about that. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure what to make of it, but <laughs> Well, I can remember. Well, I've done a lot of research on Adnan Khashoggi as well. 
And if this kind of thing is right up his alley, because he's been involved in everything, well, a lot of stuff you're talking about, because he was involved in Iran-Contra, uh, drug smuggling, all this kind of stuff, down the Mar-a-Lago, down in Trump's place, down in, with the, where all this stuff with Epstein was going on recently. You know, uh, So this guy's he's in everything. Okay, he's involved in everything. He even financed, financed that book and promoted that book, Men Are From Mars and Women From Venus. Uh-huh. He's the one that, that pumped that book out onto the public, and now the guy who the guy who wrote that book is one of these nine um, eleven truthers. Oh, yeah, I know. So this guy, uh, I don't show you got his hand and everything, but anyway, it came out that Heather Mills was one of his prostitutes, and I I saw it on TV when the the paparazzi went up to Paul McCartney and showed him the pictures and the proof, and he he didn't know anything about it. He freaked out. Did you see that? I did not. I think it's been scrubbed from the internet because I haven't been able to find it again. But there's definitely plenty of articles and stories about it. I did post something of uh, Khashoggi. Somebody was giving an interview about that and Heather Mills being one of his prostitutes. But, but you know, I mean, the point is that she came out publicly and was saying that people don't want to know the truth. They'd be too devastated. She was betrayed. It wasn't because of infidelity or anything. And, so I think she found out and she flipped and decided to take the hush money, basically. Yeah. And she, she was yeah. like, you know, protect me and I'll say nothing. She, these were her words. And if you don't, if you don't link it to to the Paul McCartney stuff, then it's like, what on earth is she talking about? But in this context, it totally makes sense. So, um, you know, the family members, you know, were they somehow convinced? to go along with it for, you know, God and country or whatever, or were they threatened? I mean, it's hard to say, but yeah. we do actually have forensic proof that it's not the same person. So once you have that, then all the other pieces, it's like, well, you know. <laughs> Wait, you're saying you have friends that, that prove that, no, that we have, come out? we have forensic Oh, proof. forensics. Forensic proof, yes. Okay, very good. Let's hear what you got. What do you got? We've got the two forensic scientists from Italy who came out in 2009 talking to Wired magazine. Hey, guys. I got a great new deal for you. It's called Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service. Now, I want you to take out a pen and paper and write down Opperman 50, O-P-P-E-R-M-A-N 50. Now, fact is, delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes, you'll be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan veggie, and more. Uh, There's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Two-minute meals. Fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. Snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout. And every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. Flexible for your schedule. 
Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or schedule your deliveries anytime. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping, no cooking, no cleanup needed. Now head to factormeals.com front slash opperman50. And then you use code opperman50 to get 50% off. That's code Opperman50 at factormeals.com front slash Opperman50. O-P-P-E-R-M-A-N-5-0 to get 50% off. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And, uh... You know, it's funny because that same day or week that the Wired magazine article came out, um, well, in my opinion, the replacement Paul was on David Letterman, again, making a big joke out of it. And, well, on the interview, he basically said that he was the double, if you listen closely. But anyway, okay, so the forensic proof, it's it's um, Francesco Gavazzini, who was um, basically a computer scientist, and Gabriella Carlesi, who is an expert in anatomy and craniometrics, they set out to prove that the Paul McCartney being replaced rumor was just a hoax. But they started doing the comparisons, and they proved that he was replaced, and they were very surprised themselves. But, okay, so anyway, the, different, the, the differences that they found, and bear in mind that one tiny difference, in a double can give them away. Okay, their eyebrow being a little too high or just anything. Somebody who's a, like a, a border guard or somebody who's trained to detect doubles, they would know it wasn't the right person. So the CIA um, people like um, Robert Barron, who is pretty well known for his work in the CIA and creating doubles using um face masks and, and disguises and all this stuff. Uh, these people, they had to be very careful with the doubles because they could put the person's life on the line if they were discovered. Okay, so this is probably not life and death with the Paul McCartney thing, but we have a difference in the nasal spine, which is the point between the nostrils that comes out from the face. And these forensic scientists said it was different, and they actually pointed to the mustache on Sergeant Pepper as being a way to hide that difference. Um, they were talking about the lips in the oral commissure, which is the the line that's formed when the lips meet, that yeah. it was sudden, suddenly stretched in 19 around 1967 because you know it's hard to pinpoint exactly when it was replaced but they said this could not be done by surgery they said the jawline was before 1966 it was one curve i'm sorry two curves of the jaw and then in 67 there was one curve and it was six it was over six percent difference which was beyond well, well beyond the margin of error 
Now, the palate, too, they said Paul, Paul McCartney's palate was small, and it caused his teeth to be misaligned. But then with Sgt. Pepper, it got noticeably larger or widened. And they said, well, it's possible that he could have had surgery to widen his palate, but he would have had to have had a they would have had to break the bone and insert some sort of prosthetic <laughs> to widen his his mouth like that. And he would have had to wear braces for about a year. So obviously oh, really? he do that. Yeah. Uh, so the teeth, uh, there was an upper right canine on Paul that stuck out. And then it didn't anymore after the replacement. The ears, again, in Germany, there's a test that's similar to fingerprints where they'll identify people with their ear. And these ears did not match. The One of the things that was different was the tragus, which is the small piece of cartilage that sticks out uh, over the entrance of the ear canal. And so that was different. And... Uh, also, the, a big one was the shape of the skull, though, because they said every person has a uniquely shaped skull that can be used to identify an individual, much like fingerprints and teeth, and it's not possible to change the length and the width of an adult's head. But, and this is a, quoting from the article, it is effectively impossible to change the conformation of the skull as an adult, but judging from the photos, this is exactly what they show. So, yeah, but you know what? Even without all that, you can just kind of glance at some of these pictures and the comparisons. The, the shape of the eyes, the settings of the eyes are so, and the shape of the head are so far off. The jaw, like you said, it's so far off. Right. You know? it, it's like, it's really, okay, but now, what do you think the motivation was for this? What, why, did, why did they do this? Okay, yeah, so that's, okay, good. So, because there are all, a lot more differences that people have uh, noticed. Sure. But if you want to skip past that, that's fine. Um, oh, no, the difference is I think we can agree that the looks are different. Some things I want to get into with you, because uh, I know some friends of mine that are very passionate about this topic uh, who are musicians say that, oh, yeah. there's, there's no way that you could copy the style and blah, blah, blah. And oh. we'll get into that down the road. But for now, <laughs> you know. I guess, well, there's uh, actually a, a Beatles, a guy named Ivan Roach who's in a Beatles cover band in Canada. And he taught himself to play left-handed bass. Just so it's definitely possible for somebody, if if Saul was already a musician, then he could pull it off. Now, I think a lot of people would agree that Saul is not the musician that Paul was. Isn't everybody kind of like what happened to Paul McCartney? Like you have yesterday and... Eleanor Rigby and like all these like amazing songs and it's like uh, the frog chorus <laughs> but anyway okay so it's people's personal taste or whatever but it's possible that Paul had a lot of song ideas he could have laid down tracks he could have just, you know, where's this, where are all the songs that Mal Evans had, for example? That's interesting, because you're right, cause right, and Mal Evans helped write some of that stuff. Yeah, ex- exactly, he did. He so helped. if he was in on it, right, along the way. Because it's easy to have a ghostwriter, uh, like Mal Evans, who never got royalties for what he, he did. He said, he said he was working on, he helped with fixing a hole in the Sergeant Pepper 
you know, the, the theme song or the first song on the album. And, um, and also it's possible to rework songs. For example, um, this was a drummer friend of mine who didn't even believe in PID, but he thought that another day was a reworking of yesterday. And also, um, the one after 909 to me is just reaching back and trying to pull something out from what the original Beatles did. So it's like they, they interspersed actual real Beatles songs onto later albums to keep that feel going. But, yeah. So it's, it's definitely possible to make people think that it's the same person or you know what I mean I don't know what you mean no, okay, let me ask you a question <laughs> no, okay, no. Good. and then you also have studio engineering so right. it, it seems like Fall's voice is higher so when you have songs like She's Leaving Home was um, slowed down from the original mono slowed down and released on the stereo, and then they destroyed the original mono version. So it's like you you take Fall's voice, you slow it down, make it sound like Paul, and then you destroy the original. <laughs> but and also see, we have Dr. Henry Truby, who back in 1969 was interested in the Paul is Dead rumor, and he did a voice sonograms on three songs he did yesterday penny lane and hey jude and he said there were three different voice prints so you got paul on yesterday and then two voice doubles apparently and then and then if you and if you want to get really into stuff nowadays you've got voice morphing technology and i mean who knows what they had back then right i mean we find out about this stuff voice morphing technology in the early 2000s, I guess. But who knows what they had back then to actually... Well, actually, you know, um, uh, Howard Hughes, I believe. Hold on a second, let me check this real quick. Was saying already in uh, 1972, it was possible to use a computer to make people think that somebody who was dead was still alive. Yeah. Howard oh, really? Hughes, yeah, here's a quote from Howard Hughes in 1972. It is possible to keep a man's death hidden for several years through use of computerized voice tapes, which can continue to communicate and even answer questions completely in character by means of telephone. Um, it yeah, is he, poss- would, he, he would know. Yeah, yeah. So all these fake out things are totally possible. And then when you start to to put in all of the uh, photo tampering and, I mean, you know, video tampering or whatever. We're going to take a break. One thing thing I want to ask you when I come back is when you talk about the reverse speech, are you talking about uh, the David Oates kind of reverse speech? David Oates. Okay, good. I'm glad. Okay, good. <laughs> okay. We'll have to tell me about it. We'll get to that when we get back okay. after the break. But okay. we are here tonight with you know someone I I really like this guest because I think we're on the, we're on the same page on a lot of stuff here. Okay, and I was a little worried because you never know who you're gonna get. Okay, but we are here with Tina Foster. Okay, and she's the uh, the she's a lawyer. Hey, am I getting billed for this? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you always got to check with these lawyers, man. You know, you have a nice conversation with them on the phone, and you got a bill in the mail. Okay, <laughs> Tina Foster, uh, an expert on Is Paul Dead or the Paul is Dead Conspiracy. Uh, her blog is uh, plasticmaca.blogspot.com. We're going to be right back after these messages. More with uh, Tina Foster and Paul is Dead and imposters and, and uh, dopelangers and uh, people getting swapped out. Uh, more after this. If you're looking for essential oils, stop by and check out Essentially Tammy on Facebook. Uh, she is Young Living Essential Oils Independent Distributor. These 100% therapeutic-grade oils help support the body's natural functions. You can click on her website posted on Essentially Tammy, that's T-A-M-I, uh, to see the current deals and check out the benefits of oils such as frankincense, joy, valor, lemon, thieves, panaway, and many more. Email Tammy, that's J-O-C-A-T-A-M-I, at yahoo.com, or call 352-239-8546. That's 352-239-8546. Hey, don't forget uh, good old um, Amanda at Pacific West Bamboo. Uh, Pacific West Bamboo, 503-839-8126. You can reach her at demroots at operamail.com. Uh, Pacific West Bamboo, your number one source for timber, construction, and craft-grade bamboo poles, plants, products, and more. They specialize in eco-friendly reclaimed wood products uh, for the home and garden. They're located in Portland, Oregon, servicing the Northwest for over 10 years. They can be reached at 503-839-8126. That's 503 503- 839-8126. Her Facebook page is Pacific West Bamboo. They can and do ship nationwide, and they're currently getting a new line of bamboo flooring, veneers, and laminates made from Guadawa Bamboo, one of the world's strongest bamboos, grown and produced and manufactured in Central America using only economically and environmentally friendly practices and standards. Uh, good old uh, Mike Gray at uh, InfinityHomePlans.com. Check out Infinity Home Plans and Design Services, uh, your resource for 3D and 2D draftsman services. They offer a multitude of products, including stock home plans, 2D digital drawings, uh, 3D models, renderings, and more. That's InfinityHomePlans.com. Hey, don't forget emailrevealer.com. That's my website, emailrevealer.com. And we offer all different kinds of services. Uh, current place of employment locate. Let's say you're trying to locate where your ex-husband or your ex-wife is, uh, is working so you can collect on child support. You contact us, we can locate their place of employment for you and help you collect on that child support. Uh, let's say you think that your husband or your wife is cheating on you. Give us their email address and we can trace it back to online dating wor- uh, websites and uh, dating services. Uh, so we have a multitude of services on emailrevealer.com. Hey, don't forget the uh, New World Mexican Women. Okay, and I just Google New World Mexican Women. You can find their book uh, where they first describe their love letters uh, to their men and their sons and their uncles and their brothers who have traveled from South America uh, to North America to work as migrant workers. Uh, but the women down in this town there in Guerrero, Mexico, they want their men to come back. So they've written these beautiful love letters and they've put them all in this beautiful coffee table. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Book. Uh, first, the letters are written in Spanish, handwritten. You can see pictures of the people writing the books. And then it comes on after that, and it's typewritten in English. Uh, and then also, too, uh, the, the second half of the book is teaching you how to make authentic Mexican jewelry from these New World Mexican women. You can find their book on Lulu.com. It's only $19, or you can download the digital edition for free. Uh, that's New World Mexican Women, uh, and it's a two-part book where first part is the love letters, and the second part is the making the handmade jewelry, the authentic Mexican jewelry. But you can also contact them, too, as well, uh, if you want to get a, a deal on wholesale jewelry uh, from, from Mexico, from these women. Welcome back to the Opperman Report. I'm your host, private investigator Ed Opperman. Uh, the show is brought to you by Audible.com. Go to audibletrial.com front slash Opperman Report. And we are here with Tina Foster, an expert on the Paul is Dead conspiracy. Okay, Tina. Now, we will have to off, okay, because we were talking about the, the, the backwards kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, do you think, because, you know, like David Oates, we were talking about David Oates from Australia, and his theory is that these are subliminal messages that are unconsciously... Uh, uh, inserted in there by uh, the universe or whatever, right? Yeah. And then there's the other theory that the Beatles purposely did this by taking stuff, and they were just very creative in the studio and were able to record things backwards. And I think there's both. Oh, really? Yeah, there's both going on. So when you – I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But no, no, go ahead. Explain. What do you <laughs> well, okay, so um, some of the, the back masking was – when you play like um, Revolution Number Nine, for example, right? Let me see if I can find this stuff real quick. I have it down here. Oh yeah. So if you play it backwards, uh, there's the sound of a fiery car crash. You hear Number Nine, Number Nine, and when you play that backwards, it's like Turn Me On, Dead Man, Turn Me On, Dead Man, and uh, you can hear church music. You play that song, and then I'm so tired. Had the back mask message, Paul is a dead man, missin, missin, missin. So, uh, and then also some other, some other reverse speech. So those are ones that were like put in there on right. purpose. Like if you play a Revolution of the Nine backwards, it's definitely put in there backwards on purpose. But some of the other stuff that comes out, like the Sergeant Pepper, 
if you play if it's if you play in reverse, it says Paul is dead, really, really dead. And also, they have um, it, the Sergeant Pepper reprise that says it, it was a fake mustache. Right. I don't know if you've heard that. It's, it's pretty catchy backwards. I like it. <laughs> yeah, and I've been singing it all day because I've been watching these things all day long. It's stuck in my head right now. And what do you think the purpose of that fake mustache was? What was the purpose of that? Well, I, and I think that the forensic scientist actually said that it was to hide the difference in the uh, in the nasal spine. Mm. Okay, actually, the fake mustaches now they're used for disguises because if people look different, it's like okay, well he has a mustache now, but also it's a distractor, right? And it does hide part of the face, so it's sort of like. A, Look at my mustache instead of me. So, like, Nietzsche had this crazy mustache. But why would he have a fake mustache? Why wouldn't he just grow a mustache? He could grow. Well, the problem is that they don't have the same hair color because Paul has very dark hair. It was black. Okay. And Saul does not seem to have black hair. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Even today, he doesn't seem to have black hair all the time. Oh, I just saw a recent interview with I don't I don't even remember who it was for, but he was on and it's like a reddish brown hair. So I mean obviously he's dying it now, but yeah. he looks weird with black hair. If you've ever seen him fall with black hair, it looks a little strange. So if he doesn't have that same hair color growing a mustache, well he's gonna have to dye it, right? Okay, so then you think so, you think that some of this backward stuff is that kind of David Oates uh it, a supernatural kind of a lie detector, you know, his theory that this stuff just happens. It does seem like it if you can decipher it. Um, Helter Skelter in reverse says he's dead, he's dead. All right. Um, you've got, let's see, there's some other things. If I can find him here. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> I know, listen. You don't have to worry about getting every little detail correct. You know, it's more we just have fun with the conversation. You know, we're going to get a test at the end of this. Uh, <laughs> okay. It's kind of like studying for a final to do these, you know. Uh, I don't know. This is just a joke. So, okay, but, so walrus. Now, one of my friends who's a really good researcher did look into walrus. And what is walrus backwards? Well, it's Sir Law. Now, Sir, Sir Bernard Montgomery was known as Sir Law, Sir Bernard Law Montgomery. So is that a reference to somebody who had a very famous double? I was Monty's double, right? Yeah, there seems to be a lot of that. With, with <laughs> Not really. That, that a lot of the people, the images they had on Sgt. Pepper and stuff like that was all about historical figures who had doubles and all kind of stuff like that as well. There are four, at least 400 clues yeah. for being killed or replaced. And, and so it's, it's like... Uh, but then what is the motivation, okay, if, if it was the government, CIA, slash that kind of group, right, that yeah. wants to swap them out to do evil to us, okay, they're, they're nefarious plans, right, or it was this, oh, we had an accident and we have to swap them out because, you know, we, we don't want to lose the money. Well, Why all the clues? Why give us all these clues? Yeah, it's, well, I think it kind of boils down to, if you, if you believe that it's, really high up like the Illuminati who's behind it and really who would have the resources to do this but somebody really high up they'd have to have control of the media basically 
in yeah. their belief system, it's like as long as the people know and agree with it, it's okay. Right. Okay. I'm familiar but with that's, that. Yeah. That's why they are constantly dropping hints and clues. It's like, well, the, we're telling the people they're just not accepting it. Or <laughs> Okay. Well, then let me ask you a question then. Okay. Now, if because I'm very familiar with that theory that they have to, that part of their craft, their magic with a K, like Paul McCartney would say is that they have to tell us what they're doing to us, and then we accept it. Now, mm-hmm. so now what you and me are doing right now by exposing this and telling people about it, are we playing right into their hands and doing their devil's work? Um, I don't think so, because if we let people know what goes on with doubles and imposter replacements, then people will hopefully start to suspect that psyops are going on so like if you know anybody who watches the wag of the dog yeah movie they should anytime anything's on the news they should be like is this just a psyop or is this real and just take it with a grain of salt don't buy into all of the propaganda right so if so like wag the dog is exposing that angle and what we're doing is exposing another angle. And Paul McCartney is like the, the best person who could expose it because he was very famous, very popular, and very good looking. Nobody's going to go want to look at hundreds of pictures of some ugly old politician. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's maybe, what I was saying, yeah. Yeah, and maybe for some people, an entertainer being replaced isn't a big deal. But when you're talking about politicians or heads of state, then it's like, okay, then they can kind of see why that would be a bigger deal. But I actually do think that the replacement of Paul McCartney had was sort of a bigger deal than, than just a, a pop star because the Beatles were so influential. Um, you know, the uh, the head of R- of RCA said John Lennon was more influential than any head of state in the world. And so if the Beatles come out, you're talking about motivations for why they might have replaced Paul. Okay, well, hugely influential. They started speaking out against the Vietnam War in 66. And Paul McCartney said, it seems like anyone who feels that fighting is wrong should have the right not to go. And uh, Paul had a keen interest in the JFK assassination. He even offered to write the score for Mark Lane's Rush to Judgment. Okay. What do you think of Mark Lane, though? Um, as far as the JFK conspiracy theory? As far as everything about Mark Lane. Mark Lane. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Lane. Are you kidding me? Mark, Mark Lane was... How did you want Mark Lane get out of Guyana? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was right there in the midst of all that. Nine hundred people died, and Mark Lane somehow gets out of you know escapes. Mm-hmm. But you know, yeah. I'd love to interview Mark Lane. I, he's a Facebook friend. You know, we don't talk. Uh, he, 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 after all these comments I make about him, he'll probably never come on. But you know, I think I, I gotta be I gotta be suspicious. You know. Well, if okay, so I mean, I I do believe that JFK that it was not Lee Harvey Oswald. I mean, they, Lee Harvey Oswald was even an imposter or player. Yeah, you're right. You know, he had a bunch of them too, yeah. So, you know, that's another, oh, well, that's another whole can of worms. But if if Paul McCartney is going to write a score for a movie 
that's questioning the official JFK story, right. a lot of people are going to watch it. A lot of, that's a true. Lot of people are going to watch it than if it's just oh, some JFK yeah. movie. So yeah, you got to realize back in those days when a new Beatles album came out, the, the world stopped turning, and yeah. uh, everyone. You know, ran to the record store, ran to their bedroom, and the world, you didn't go to school, you didn't go out that night. You, you sat there and listened and over and over and over again, read every line, looked at every picture, and it was huge. You yeah. know, nothing like today. And it was because now you have all this different media, you know, but back then this was a huge deal. Yeah. That's why and they so could put out a white album, you know, they can put out a white album with no, nothing on it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. And on the inside, there's that picture of, ball that kind of looks like like it might have been a, well anyway people are like who is that guy it's supposed to be Paul <laughs> I don't think so but anyway so then the other motivations might have been that uh, the Beatles were critical of government especially yeah. like with Taxman the song right then the Butcher album it's like what's up with that well were they exposing satanic ritual sacrifice when they exposing something that the powers that be didn't want to get out there and paul was the one pushing for the album cover from what i've researched now there's also the whole drug agenda which uh you know paul was not gonna influence his um fans to do anything there's a 1965 interview or you know he he said that they had tried to get him to tell people don't smoke or don't do this don't do that he's like oh we're not gonna do any of that just that would be done so um there's also the actual music as far as militarized music goes <laughs> uh there's more okay so talking about the drug agenda though um it, it seems like it, they, they did bring uh, Usher in LSD. Right. So yeah. Paul was the first British pop star to speak openly about taking LSD. And so that was in, in June. And then, according to George Harrison, the whole world went crazy because people were trying LSD because Beatle Paul liked it. So when you start to link it, the music and the LSD... Let me find a quote, a quote real quick here for for what was going on. And, and Timothy Leary, for example, was a um, he admitted that he was a, a CIA asset. Okay, yeah. so he was talking about the Sgt. Pepper album. He said it compresses the evolutionary development of musicology and much of the history of Eastern and Western sound in a new tympanic complexity. Then as psychedelic drugs, millions of kids turned on pharmacologically, listening to stoned out electronic music. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Designed specifically for the suggestible, psychedelicized nervous system by stoned out long haired minstrels. This is the most powerful brainwashing device our planet has ever known. So LSD, let's see, Dr. Colin A. Ross was talking about LSD and MKUltra. There was an undated document he found that said, some of the more outstanding effects of LSD are the mental confusion helplessness, and extreme anxiety, which are produced by minute doses of the substance. Based upon these reactions, the, its potential use in offensive psychological warfare and in an interrogation is considerable. It may become one of the most important psychochemical agents. I, I agree. I agree. I think the whole uh, the, the Leary was a psyop. And uh, are you familiar with Dave McGowan's work? Where it's yes. Seth Can- okay, good. When I was talking to you before, and I said a friend of mine uh, is very touchy about this subject because he believes – he doesn't believe Paul is dead, uh, that, uh, and he believes it's the same Paul because of the musical talent. And how could this musical talent be blah, 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 blah. Okay? I'm talking about Dave McGowan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dave McGowan, yeah. The freak, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's coming on, I think, next week or the week after. And he's <laughs> – he's, oh, my God. Part of the reason why I'm having you on, by the way, we're doing a Paul is Dead subject, is kind of rubbing into Dave McGowan because <laughs> he's so upset about this topic. You know, he is, uh, oh, my God, it gets really under his skin that he's convinced that there was no Paul swap out. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say about that because there's so much evidence. I know. I, I'm surprised, too. But I, I respect his work so much. Yeah, I mean, he does great work. Yeah. And it's just some people will have blinders for certain subjects because this is this is pretty heavy duty if you really start to think about all the implications with how people were being just, I mean, it's just this huge psyop in how people were manipulated and then the personal tragedy of whatever happened to the real Paul. And... <laughs> And and people they don't want to accept that they were fooled, you know. So uh, I don't know. Uh, I I gotta tell you, uh, me and Dave we we agree on just about everything, you know. And um, except this one topic, really, I didn't get into it with him, but you know. Uh, but uh, and he's with you on all the stuff about psyops and stuff. He's with you on all that stuff. Just this one thing, he's not. Uh, now now let me ask you this though. Uh, now you're you're saying that the the Beatles were. Uh, especially Paul, uh, were exposing uh, satanic ritual abuse. Um, now, wh- where do you come up with that? Because my information uh, is that Paul was uh, very friendly with uh, Ginsburg and Burroughs and uh, members of the Process Church in England. Uh, are you familiar with all that? Which Paul, though? Right. Now, that's what I always <laughs> thought. It was the second Paul was the one that was in with them. Right. Okay. And, uh, and me and my... My daughter, we study this together. She's 14. Because <laughs> she loves this, uh, these documentaries. And, it's so, and then you're right. Now, the second one, okay. I, I, I see now, I, I think, my theory is, is, is that it's the process church that swapped out the Pauls. Okay. And they're actually behind it. I think they're behind a lot of stuff. And they have the intelligence connections and stuff like that to get away with all this. Um, but now, but, but the Beatles, though, and John, 
were into Crowley uh, way, way back during Help, because you can see their positions in their arms and stuff like that on a Help album. is all Crowley uh, uh, symbology. Yeah, I, I've seen that research, but I... I tend to think that the Beatles were of the light, and that was why they were replaced, because they couldn't be allowed to get the more... They couldn't be allowed to cause a shift in consciousness towards the good side. So after the switch is when you get the Crowley stuff on Sgt. Pepper, and you get... But wait, but what about help, though? Yeah, just I just I'm not, I don't think that the Beatles were dark because here here's a reverse of Ticket mm-hmm. to Ride, which is on Help, right? And Help was also in A equals four thirty two hertz, which is a very um, positive um, frequency, which I can talk about in a minute. But so reversal of, of Ticket to Ride, if you believe in reverse speech, it says I hate money. It's a lie. Here we burn in no peace. Heaven will watch it, and we will all suffer. We then have passion. <laughs> and see, okay, i got to tell you, my experience with David Oates and reverse speech, and I was intimately involved with these people for a couple of years on a daily basis, uh, back and forth on the Internet, and, and on the phone with David Oates. I, I negotiated the settlement in the Art Bell feud with David Oates when Art Bell sued uh, David Oates, um, and I helped negotiate that settlement. So I was on the phone with David Oates all the time. And, and I got to tell you, <laughs> I think that sitting there listening to that stuff backwards and looking for stuff and hearing stuff makes you go crazy. <laughs> you know, not you, because I, I really like it. But I got to tell you, man, all those people I knew in the, the core of reverse speech, I think he, he's, would, you would agree that he's like the inventor of it and the founder of it, you know, that the, I think it makes you go crazy. You know, I, I can't put any uh, weight into that. And also, too, why couldn't you just use um, a speech-to-text technology and just play things backwards and have it come out in print? Uh, well, some of it is not that clear. Right, that's the problem. <laughs> Sometimes it is, though. Sometimes, like in that Sergeant Pepper reprise backwards, even just hearing the raw backwards, it clearly says it was a fake mustache. And there was also um, another uh, a fall song, basically, that that very clearly says CIA. Oh, really? Yeah, and I've got it on my blog somewhere. So um, some of them that kind of just pop out at you, it's like, whoa. <laughs> but some of them are like, you know, yeah, it's an interpretation of it, you know. <laughs> yeah, see, I myself, I, I usually don't hear that stuff until I see it either written down in front of me and someone's telling me what I'm supposed to hear or they, they tell you what to listen for. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not that clear to me. The fake mustache is pretty clear. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, um, well, I just think that the Beatles were, very, you know, more spiritual and positive and uh, resonated with love, right? So I, I mentioned the 432 um, hertz tuning, which, um, you know, music affects a person's body, right, and spiritually, and uh, certain music can actually cause disease or can cause somebody to have better health, right? So they they did experiments on plants where the plants would, you know, listen to classical music and they would flourish, and then they would listen to heavy metal or something and it would actually kill them. So um, 
there's a, well, let me find out a quote for you real quick. If I could type, it would be easier. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, well, you know, while you're typing and quoting, um, and, and also adversely, too, like when they're out in front of, uh, well, uh, what was that guy who was in the uh, embassy there hiding down in Panama, you know, Noriega. Mm-hmm. You know, they're out there playing, you know, heavy metal and stuff like that to drive them crazy. <laughs> Make them come out and surrender, yeah. you know? Yeah. And at Guantanamo, they played Yoko Ono's music to torture oh. the inmates. <laughs> Okay, here's the quote by Wes Penry talking about music, right? So the trends are set by the Illuminati-owned music industry, where they know exactly how frequencies work. They have the best scientists working for them. The music they produce vibrates on the frequency they want us to vibrate on for the moment to enhance the New World Order agenda. And that's it. They want to keep us on a certain frequency where they can control us as a whole. That's interesting, too, because even with the TVs and stuff like that, it's blinking at a certain frequency and all that stuff to keep us all, you know, twisted and, you know, now they get the cell phone towers on every corner. <sighs> but I, right. thought, I thought you were going to be a fun topic tonight. I thought this was going to be a fun <laughs> show. <laughs> you know? <laughs> okay, well, we're getting down to two minutes. We're going to take a nice, long five-minute break at, at, the, at the hour uh, because uh, Talk Superstation likes to play news. Uh, for five minutes, so uh, we'll be taking that break. But here we're here tonight uh, with a fascinating woman who's a, a, a lot better uh, than I, I could hope for. Okay, on this topic, uh, Tina Foster. She's an attorney in Seattle. Uh, she's an expert on Paul is dead, but also uh, these other dopalangers and imposters and, and uh, uh, doubles that they insert into stuff like Lee Harvey Oswald. I personally believe too that uh, Mark David Chapman had a double running around New York, and we can get into that a little further later on. Uh, but her her blo- uh, website, it's a blog. It's on blogspot.com. It's called plasticmaca.blogspot.com. Uh, let's see. We're down to a minute here. Okay, when we come back, we'll be talking about, let's see, we'll be talking about Yoko Ono. Uh, did you know that Yoko Ono, uh, to this day, is an escaped mental patient? Did you know that? I did not. Oh, I'll tell you that when we get back. You can look it up on Wikipedia. She was institutionalized for depression, and she was busted out. She's never been cured that we know of. She's, she's escaped from a mental institution. You can't deny it, okay? And God bless her for doing it. You know, if you can get out of there, get out. That's what I say. Um, but anyway, we're getting down to the, to the little break here. Uh, we're here, like I said, with um, – uh, oh, we've got a whole bunch of questions coming up here, too. Everybody got questions. We'll call in uh, at the the after show with the six uh, 702-605-4894 or Skype in at Ed Don Opperman, but right not right away. Okay, wait till seven o'clock, uh, and we'll be right back after these messages. If you're looking for essential oils, stop by and check out Essentially Tammy on Facebook. Uh, She is Young Living Essential Oils Independent Distributor. These 100% therapeutic-grade oils help support the body's natural functions. You can click on her website posted on Essentially Tammy, that's T-A-M-I, to see the current deals and check out the benefits of oils such as frankincense, joy, valor, lemon, thieves, panaway, and many more. Email Jocko Tammy, that's J O C A T A M I, at yahoo.com, or call 352 239 8546. That's 352 239 8546. Hey, 
hey, don't forget uh, good old um, Amanda at Pacific West Bamboo. Uh, Pacific West Bamboo, 503-839-8126. You can reach her at demroots at operamail.com. Uh, Pacific West Bamboo, your number one source for timber construction and craft-grade bamboo poles, plants, products, and more. They specialize in eco-friendly reclaimed wood products uh, for the home and garden. They're located in Portland, Oregon, servicing the Northwest for over 10 years. They can be reached at 503-839-8126. That's 503 503- 839-8126. Her Facebook page is Pacific West Bamboo. They can and do ship nationwide, and they're currently getting a new line of bamboo flooring, veneers, and laminates made from Guadawa Bamboo, one of the world's strongest bamboos, grown and produced and manufactured in Central America using only economically and environmentally friendly practices and standards. A good old uh, Mike Gray at uh, InfinityHomePlans.com. Check out Infinity Home Plans and Design Services, uh, your resource for 3D and 2D draftsman services. They offer a multitude of products, including stock home plans, 2D digital drawings, uh, 3D models, renderings, and more. That's InfinityHomePlans.com. Hey, don't forget emailrevealer.com. That's my website, emailrevealer.com. And we offer all different kinds of services. Uh, current place of employment locate. Let's say you're trying to locate where your ex-husband or your ex-wife is, uh, is working so you can collect on child support. You contact us. We can locate their place of employment for you and help you collect on that child support. Uh, let's say you think that your husband or your wife is cheating on you. Give us their email address and we can trace it back to online dating wor- uh, websites and uh, dating services. Uh, so we have a multitude of services on emailrevealer.com. Hey, don't forget the uh, New World Mexican Women. Okay, and I just Google New World Mexican Women. You can find their book uh, where they first describe their love letters uh, to their men and their sons and their uncles and their brothers who have traveled from South America uh, to North America to work as migrant workers. Uh, but the women down in this town there in Guerrero, Mexico, they want their men to come back. So they've written these beautiful love letters and they've put them all in this beautiful coffee table book. Uh, first, the letters are written in Spanish, handwritten. You can see pictures of the people writing the books. And then it comes on after that, and it's typewritten in English. Uh, and then also, too, uh, the, the second half of the book is teaching you how to make authentic Mexican jewelry from these New World Mexican women. You can find their book on Lulu.com. It's only $19, or you can download the digital edition for free. Uh, that's New World Mexican Women, uh, and it's a two-part book where first part is the love letters, and the second part is the making the handmade jewelry, the authentic Mexican jewelry. But you can also contact them, too, as well, uh, if you want to get a, a deal on wholesale jewelry uh, from, from Mexico from these women.
Okay, welcome back to the Opperman Report. I'm your host, private investigator Ed Opperman. Don't forget the show's brought to you by audibletrial.com, front slash Opperman Report. Go there, get a free audio book, and uh, all that kind of stuff helps support the show. And we're here tonight with Tina Foster, uh, plasticmaca.blogspot.com. Why did you call it Plastic Maca? Maca, well, the English call uh, McCartney Maca, and so oh. plastic, you know, the plastic Max, there's some McCartney video with plastic Max on it. I think it's coming up. Gotcha. But, yeah, on the drum. <laughs> and, you know, there's lots of the plastic Ono band. It's kind of funny. There's, like, all these references to, to plastic. <laughs> yeah, now what about the story about how Yoko went to hook up with McCartney first? Yeah, um... Yeah, I mean, I've heard that, but, you know, it's, it's not going to be the real Paul at that point. <laughs> well, okay. But also, too, now, uh, she comes out of, she met um, uh, John Lennon at, what is it, the Indica? Uh, yeah, and it was like September 11th. Of oh, was it really? Or something, yeah. Oh, man, yeah. that woman's amazing. Yeah. And, 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 and that, that was a, an art gallery that was owned by the Process Church. Oh, and, you know, she, her background, as we were discussing on the break, you know, she comes from an elite banking family, and she went to school for royalty. So this whole art thing is just a cover. And actually, there was an article recently in The Independent saying how the CIA had been um, behind a lot of the modern art, had been supporting this abstract modern art. Yeah, I'm sure they. Yeah, I'm sure they were because you know we, we find out more and more how they were behind the whole feminism and uh, uh, that woman uh, Gloria Steinem, you right. know, Now Magazine, all these groups, uh, and of the Rockefellers and the, the the CIA seem to have a whole. They had a whole plan, and just like Dave McGowan said, this whole thing was a psyop from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so. <sighs> but now, my question is, okay, now, what have you have you done any research into the whole connections with the uh, the Process Church and Kenneth Anger and all this, these kind of guys? Uh, now, the only thing really uh, that I have on that is it seems like Charles Manson wrote Helter Skelter. There is a a single that he wrote and recorded with Apple, and it was never released. But the B-side was ceased to exist, and, you know, Charles Manson wrote hits for the Beach Boys, so... Right. It seems like um, when he got screwed by Apple, that it was pretty much the, the final straw before he completely lost it. <laughs> Poor guy. But, you know, so Falls takes this song, Helter Skelter, which, as we were discussing, how music can be used in especially heavy metal, which I would say that one is definitely leaning towards, then um, they took that song and they purposefully degraded it. Uh, There's a quote about it. Let me look it up real quick. Um, And it was supposed to be like the rise and the fall, or actually the fall of the Roman Empire. And let me find this quote real quick. So Helter Skelter was written to be disturbing to the body's energy matrix. Uh, McCartney or Charles Manson, or however it was produced, was supposed to be the most ruckus vocal with the loudest drums. 
And it was a ride from the top to the bottom, the rise and fall of the Roman Empire, and this was the fall, the demise. And then John Todd, who was an Illuminati sure. person, you know, he outed them in the music industry. He said this about Helter Skelter. The Beatles are classified in the occult world as the four major prophets. Their white double album is considered to be the book of revelation to witches. Now, in, in it is a, call, a song called Helter Skelter. Witches knew what it meant. It was part of the witch language. It meant a time when the pit would be opened and the demons would be set free and the world would, would become insane in less than 20, in a, less than a 24 hour period and they'd be killing everybody, their next door neighbor, their kids, their wife, everything. The world would just completely go mass insane overnight. <laughs> and they sort of did. And, and that's sort of like the philosophy of the Process Church as well that was behind the whole uh, Son of Sam case and, and even the Manson family. Uh, you know, I've seen uh, uh, police reports, INS documents that connects uh, the Manson family to, to uh, uh, sewing Process Church emblems into their blankets in prison uh, while they were waiting trial. Uh, yeah. But real quick now, now I could, I'll throw something at you you might not have known, because mm. uh, we were talking before about the, the Lenin assassination, right? Mm -hmm. And you know the photographer, uh, Gorish, who took the picture of uh, Lenin signing the album for uh, Mark David Chapman? Yeah. Did you know that uh, his, he said in his uh, uh, newspaper articles that his dream, he was a store detective at the time, and a paparazzi, supposedly, right? And a store detective, and his dream was to become a police officer. But he wound up becoming a photographer because people like the Beach Boys started asking him to come out and photograph them. Huh. <laughs> you know? So so what do you think that means? Do you think he was on site to document the uh, assassination? or? I don't know. But I, <laughs> or, or he stumbled on something because I also know that uh, uh, he himself says that when he was on Hard Times... Uh, Yoko Ono helped him out with some money, and some of those uh, quotes of the amount is up to $800,000. Wow. Oh, so payoff. Well, um, that's your quote, uh, attorney. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's your uh, allegation there, oh. counselor. I'm not saying oh. that at all. But let me ask a question now, okay? Oh, and also, <laughs> Jane Asher. Okay, let's go. We're going back and forth all over the place, but let's do it. Okay. Now, McCartney, the old McCartney, the first one. Uh, was with Jane Asher, right. right? But then suddenly he breaks up with her, and he shows up with Linda Eastman. What, what do you know about that? Well, you know, there's Paul, and you can see pictures of Paul with Jane and Paul with Jane, and there's a big height difference because Jane is about 5'3", so Paul is a little bit taller than Paul is, like, way taller. Anyway, so um, so. It seems like Jane was with Fall after the switch, so she went to India with him, but apparently couldn't couldn't stomach it. And oh, real? Or Fall was already with Linda Eastman, and he had to put on a show that he's with Jane Asher because that was Paul's old girlfriend. <laughs> and um, but you know, Jane Asher never talks about Paul. Is she still alive? Yeah. Yeah, as far as I know. I mean, she's been in the news recently, within the past couple of years. It's and interesting because she was uh, in Alice in Wonderland, was her big claim to fame back mm -hmm. in those days. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, and, well, there, there you go. <laughs> well, no, it gets even better because <laughs> her brother, right, who I think is Peter Asher, Peter Asher yeah. right, was the manager of who? Uh, 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 the 
the guy in the subway station, uh, um, uh, I always forget, the guy who, uh, Mark David Chapman, uh, uh, pro, uh, 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 it's not Cat Stevens, it's the other one. Uh, oh, James Taylor? James Taylor, yeah, right, you get those oh. two, right? <laughs> James Taylor, James Taylor ran into Mark David Chapman too in the subway station the same weekend that I ran into Mark David Chapman, okay, I'll tell you now. <laughs> okay, I met Mark David Chapman back in those days, oh, wow. uh, that weekend back in New York. Um, but the thing is, is that uh, James Taylor ran into the same Mark David Chapman that I did. I think there was a double two. Uh, I've done a whole thing about it. Uh, oh. But and uh, his manager was Peter Asher. Now, did Peter Asher? Do you know had had uh, connections to the Process Church or no? I don't know that much about them, honestly. You're okay. gonna have to fill me in. <laughs> Well, now, what do you know, though, about uh, uh, Yoko and witchcraft and that kind of stuff? Well, okay, so we were talking about Sgt. Pepper, right? And they've okay. got um, Crowley on there. Right. And, um, and you know, it was like John and Ringo or whatever saying, oh, yeah, we put people we really respected and admired on, on Sgt. Pepper. So there's Alistair Crowley, right, who has, let's see, he was a, a Satanist, founding father of modern occultism. British intelligent asset MI5 and co-founder of the Tavistock Institute. So here was a quote about Crowley that I came across. Somebody named Spence. I don't have their first name, unfortunately. But Crowley was an adept amateur psychologist, had an uncanny ability to influence people, and probably utilized hypnotic suggestion in his undercover work. The other thing he made good use of was drugs. In New York, he carried out very detailed studies on the effects of mescaline peyote. He would invite various friends over for dinner, fix them curry, and dose the food with mescaline. Then he observed and took notes on their behavior. So uh, mescaline um, was later used by intelligence agencies for experiments in behavior, modification, and mind control. And Timothy Leary said, about, said that he was an admirer of Aleister Crowley. Sure. And he said, I think that I'm carrying on much of the work that he started over 100 years ago. And I think the 60s themselves, uh, you know, Crowley said he was in favor of finding your own self and do what thou wilt, thou wilt shall be the whole of the law under love. It was a very powerful statement. I'm sorry he isn't around now to appreciate the glories that he started. And then John Lennon, if it's the real John Lennon, said in an interview, the whole idea of the Beatles was Crowley's infamous "Do What Thou Wilt." You think John Lennon might have been swapped out too? Yeah, I think they all were by Sergeant Pepper. I think Sergeant Pepper is telling you that they're all switched out. Just the cover, because it's like, you know, you've got the grave and the flowers, and then you've got the wax effigies of the original Beatles, and then you've got the new and improved Beatles. Right, front and center, right. <laughs> no one improved. <laughs> <laughs> with, with a very tall fall. And <laughs> hey, have you ever had a chance to talk to May Pang about this? No, I haven't talked to anybody, like uh, the insiders. Well, you know what? You, you really can, you know? It's, it's not that hard to get a hold of people and talk to them. Oh. Uh, yeah. I never thought about it. <laughs> May Pang was supposed to come on my show, but the more I talk about stuff, the less she wants to come on. <laughs> you know? Yeah. When I start talking about yeah, this guy, Goresh, you know, I wanted to get Goresh on the show, too, but I don't think he'll ever come on now when I keep accusing him. Uh, <laughs> I don't blame him. But, you know, May Pang, you got, have you listened to her interviews available online? No, has she talked about Paul? <laughs> oh, yeah. She talks about how um, they were, oh, oh my God. 
that they were all about to sign some contracts uh, to monetize and the, the Beatles stuff like that. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That. And the night before they were all about to sign this contract, Yoko and, and Paul and John invited Paul over to the Dakota for a seminar in hypnotism. Oh. <laughs> and they hypnotized him, and he went and signed the papers the next day. Oh, wow. And that what happened was that the way her and, and John broke up is because Yoko invited him over to, for a hypnotism thing and hypnotized him, and he called her up and says, oh, Yoko wants me back. Goodbye. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> So there's all kinds of hypnotism involved in all this situation, too. Yeah, yeah. So we can see, like, the manipulation that's been going on. And using the music and the drugs, it's like a war of consciousness. Oh, yeah, that was another thing that Timothy Leary said. I proceeded as an intelligent agent, uh, an intelligence agent since 1962, understanding that the next war for control of this planet and beyond had to do with the control of consciousness. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, even last week we had on a Dr. Judith Reisman uh, who exposed the whole Kinsey report, you know, and uh, e even Kinsey, he was hanging, you know, Kinsey traveled to, uh, uh, to, to get Crowley's diaries, you know, and Kenneth Anger was hanging out with Kinsey uh, in his attic doing films with, with Kinsey. You know? Right, like Luciferizing and. Right. Now, now, now what, what do you have Kenneth Anger and all this, too? Because there's stories, too, about um, uh, uh, Chapman mailing bullets over to Kenneth Anger. Have you heard that? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I don't know about that. Have you looked into this possibility, uh, this connection? Uh, how much weight do you give it? The, the connections of the, the Paul with the Process Church uh, in England and. Uh, and all that, you know, and, and all that stuff about the, uh, the, the the art gallery owned by the process, about the, the paperback writer written by uh, uh, the name used by a, a member of the process church. Well, I I would not be surprised if it were Paul. Right. But Paul, for me, is kind of, you know, a golden child. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> you know, and then the reason why they replaced him was because he was good and couldn't be corrupted and he had too much influence and power and you know maybe they can get rid of some people but he was too big so they replaced him and just used his name and look how popular paul is still because the only reason why Paul gets away with what he does is because people love the real paul mccartney right yeah because <laughs> he is still getting away with it yeah 
and it was they also wanted... knighted by the by the yeah. queen. What? Well, yeah, he gets knighted. What does that tell you? <laughs> now, do, do you think? Uh, now, a lot of people uh, put a lot of weight into that film of Paul when they tell him how John Lennon was just killed. Uh, oh yeah, what oh, do you it's think? It's a it... drag. It's a drag. Yeah, yeah that was weird, well, right? He is not emotionally attached to what happens, obviously. So is it? He, when he didn't know John, it's not the real John. It was a fake assassination. I mean, we don't really know what he knew, what was going on. But he also, you know, was talking about George Harrison's death, and it's kind of the same thing. Not quite as bad, not as obvious, but it's like, uh, he doesn't care <laughs> about what happened. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, on the Larry King show, did you see that? Um, No, I didn't. They got um, uh, uh, Paul or Fall and uh, a Ringo, okay, and Larry King. You know how he is. He's getting like me, all that's confused. <laughs> he's asking some questions. <laughs> but what do you call? But Larry King asking, "Well, where were you when when uh, you found out that John had died?" And Ringo starts saying, "Well, I was in the Bahamas." And uh, Paul is interrupting him, and they get into a little argument about it. But Paul's kind of laughing. You know, like he's really not uh, emotionally attached, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> Paul, you know, there's just, there's so many clues that he's not the real one. You know, he, he said that he joined the Beatles as a set-up affair. Right. You know, he said he joined at the same time as George Harrison, which he actually joined about six months before. He said he was a year and a half older than George Harrison when he was really only eight, month, eight months older. I mean, it's like this guy, and even in a recent interview, which I don't have this citation for, I couldn't find it, but he says, let's see, let's find out real quick. I'm very good at forgetting who I am because as far as I'm concerned, Paul McCartney is a name I was given. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, somebody just sent that to me recently. <laughs> now, what about when he talks about working on the docks or something, too? Oh, yeah, the factories. Um, oh, gosh, there's so many things he said that are just so funny. Okay, so originally, Paul, in 1963, he was interviewed, and he was saying, yeah, you know, we went straight into music from from school, right? And then McCartney, her fall, says, I had a couple of jobs in factories before becoming a Beatle. <laughs> yeah, there's no way to keep the story straight. And another interesting, too, is Linda Eastman never left his side. Yeah. The whole time. Now, she was related to Eastman Kodak? No, uh-uh. Um, she was the daughter of a lawyer named Eastman, from okay. what I, if I remember correctly. And and then what's her story? Does she have any kind of suspicious background? I don't know too much about her background. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's it. Okay, that's it. We need a new lawyer in here. <laughs> Bring me Fleet Valley. He knows. But what do you call it? But but the thing is, too, it's interesting, though, that uh, uh, Paul brought in her father to run the finances for Apple Records. Right. Yeah. Right. Um when, when there were some serious tough guys involved in that, because that guy that May Pang was working for, uh, Klein, uh, mm-hmm. was like a like a monster, like a you know this guy was a you know a serious, 
I guess he's gone now. We can call him a gangster, right? <laughs> he's not around any longer. Yeah, but so the whole. Yeah, and, but the, and what about too? Have you ever seen these documentaries that talk about how the Beatles never really made that much money during that time? Um, just because of the contracts that Brian Epstein had gotten him to sign. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I know that they were taxed heavily. But yeah, but yeah, but plus two. Yeah, you're right. They they sold their their uh, you know uh, their uh, the, you know the licensing for the the music rights, you know, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So they never really, you know, personally had a lot of wealth during that time, you know. So they, they could have been easily manipulated. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if if that's. See, that's the thing. If Paul had been easily manipulated, there would have been no reason to replace him. Right. Right. But I'm talking about the other guys. Now, oh, well, yeah. Because if you're going to take a job as Paul McCartney, then your whole the, you're going to be exposed if you don't do exactly what they say. Because it's like, why are they making this guy still go on concert? He's like 75 years old, you know? Yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> yeah. And he's really the only one. Ringo doesn't. Yeah, and I mean, Ringo said in, in a couple of years back that he was the only remaining Beatle. Oh, really? <laughs> he was the last remaining Beatle. <laughs> yeah, there were so many. Just, oh, they just... Now, what do you think about... All the time. Well, yeah, I know. It's, it really is, you know. Now, what about the attack on uh, on, uh, on uh, Harrison with the uh, knife? Yeah, yeah, that was like right before... Um, it was right at the end of 1999, and, you know, it was, uh, there was that movie that came out, The Last Testament of George Harrison, which you know, I was on the radio one time talking about how it was just disinfo, basically, and one of the problems was that the the time was wrong for when the interview was supposed to take place, because it was, like, right around that attack, and, um... Well, I think and I think I know you're talking about the Paul is really dead. Uh, DVD. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that guy that guy admits that it's a, a document. It's a mockumentary. It's a mockumentary, yeah. exactly right. So they they come out with these disinfo hit pieces, basically that recycle just not very good clues that Paul is is dead or replaced, and and then people if they start to research it, they look at stuff like that and they're like, oh, this is just BS, you know, and they don't really dig deeper. So it's it's sort of a way to, to sidetrack people off of any more serious research. So I kind of have, I take issue with that a bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, the, the circumstances around the George Harrison attack, you know, I, I know there was, it was a similar thing to Mark David Chapman, like the guy had not been a Beatles fan and suddenly he was like all obsessed with killing George Harrison or something, kind of like Mark David Chapman was suddenly obsessed with killing John Lennon and, even though he'd never been a Beatles fan. And uh, there was a knife attack, which was weird, because um, is that like a ritual? Right. Like slaughter or something, you know what I mean? Like a... Blood, yeah. What am I trying to say? Not a a slaughter, but a... A blood sacrifice, sacrifice, yeah. Sacrifice, yeah. Um, And then it was like, how did we get in? Because it was like Fort Knox, apparently, George Harrison's house. And... It, there were some numbers like three, three, three was coming up. Uh, a lot of threes, like um, 
I don't know. I mean, I've got a, an article on my blog about it. Like the, it's called Stamping Out the Beatles, and it talks about John and George. And it's like, hey, you know what? If they, those are publicly known attacks. So why would it be so hard to believe that somebody could have attacked Paul? You know, it's like two others were. <laughs> it's like, oh no, nobody could have ever done anything to Paul, even though John Lennon was publicly assassinated and George Harrison was attacked. Anyway. Yeah, under very suspicious circumstances, the John Lennon thing. And you know, his all those uh, police reports and medical reports are still sealed to today. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, because he just pled out and then... And then, and then the media is saying Mark David Chapman, oh yeah, he just was, he wanted publicity and he was just trying to get attention. It's like, he never gave it interviews. Where's the evidence that he was trying to get attention? You know what, he has come out recently and done an interview where he totally changes the whole story. Oh, uh, what did he say? Oh, well, it's, it's just ridiculous because when this first happened, see, there was all the stories about how you know, he was picked up in a cab and the cab driver gave stories to the New York Post. And um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, um, and he said, oh, um, I was just came from a recording session with uh, John Lennon and Paul McCartney. I got the tapes right here. But the cab driver knew he was nuts. And he was all acting agitated and crazy in the back of the cab. Then he attacks uh, James Taylor in a subway station. Again, all agitated and crazy and, you know, this crazy guy. That's the one I met at Yippie headquarters at 9 Bleecker Street where also uh, Allen Ginsberg was there too, not the same day, but I've met Allen Ginsberg there on, on other occasions. So this was like a hot spot for the yippies, you know, uh, and all kinds of, that, that kind of activity and stuff. Uh, so then this was right before the assassination. But then out in front of the Dakota, where they got uh, Padermo, and Padermo was a tough guy. He was at the Bay of Pigs. This guy's no mm -hmm. joke. You know, yeah. and New York City uh, doorman, you know. And he's not afraid of Chapman. You know, they're talking about Cuba and the Bay of Pigs, and they're chatting around. He's meeting girls over there, taking them to lunch. Uh, but then this guy, Gorish, says, suddenly now, the story's not changed. 20 years, because I followed this story carefully, man. When it's happened, I talked to, to uh, uh, Fenton uh, Brenser years ago uh, when this all came out. Uh, but uh, now, suddenly, Gorish is saying, Oh, yeah, he was acting weird, and I confronted him, but then we made up a couple of days later, and we were friends again, <laughs> you know? And so, yeah, so, and Chapman, too, is just changing his whole story around, a whole different, I think that's one of the reasons why he came out, because I just started talking about this the past few years, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. Well, I mean, a lot of people suspect he was some sort of MKUltra assassin, I mean... I don't think that's a hard sell. No, yeah, but he's like, <laughs> he's the poster child for it, you know? <laughs> the Catcher in the Rye, and the Catcher in the Rye is about phonies. Right. Which is kind of funny, so. See, but I'm pretty convinced that there were two different Chapmans, because, uh, like I said, the one hanging out in front of the Dakota was this calm puppy dog, and, and the one that everybody else met that weekend was this agitated, you know, oh. scary guy. Well, it sort of reminds me of Lily Harvey Oswald. Right. Because they had... Uh, you know, Lee Harvey Oswald, in quotes, going around test driving Cadillacs at 70 miles an hour when the real Lee Harvey Oswald didn't drive, couldn't drive. Oh, hey, we got to take a break. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we're, we're as soon as I start talking, we start missing our breaks. But we're here with uh, uh, Tina Foster, a fascinating woman. She's done a lot of work on this. I can tell she's really uh, devoted a lot of time to this topic. And we'll be right back after this message. 
Been looking for essential oils? Stop by and check out Essentially Tammy on Facebook. Uh, she is Young Living Essential Oils Independent Distributor. These 100% therapeutic grade oils help support the body's natural functions. You can click on her website posted on Essentially Tammy, that's T-A-M-I, uh, to see the current deals and check out the benefits of oils such as frankincense, joy, valor, lemon, thieves, panaway, and many more. Email Tammy, that's J-O-C-A-T-A-M-I at yahoo.com or call 352-239-8546. That's 352-239-8546. Hey, don't forget uh, good old um, Amanda at Pacific West Bamboo. Uh, Pacific West Bamboo, 503-839-8126. You can reach her at demroots at operamail.com. Uh, Pacific West Bamboo, your number one source for timber, construction, and craft grade bamboo. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. <laughs> But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Bamboo poles, plants, products, and more. They specialize in eco-friendly reclaimed wood products uh, for the home and garden. They're located in Portland, Oregon, servicing the Northwest for over 10 years. They can be reached at 503-839-8126. That's 503-839-8126. Her Facebook page is Pacific West Bamboo. They can and do ship nationwide, and they're currently getting a new line of bamboo flooring, veneers, and laminates made from Guadawa Bamboo, one of the world's strongest bamboos, grown and produced and manufactured in Central America using only economically and environmentally friendly practices and standards. A good old uh, Mike Gray at uh, InfinityHomePlans.com. Check out Infinity Home Plans and Design Services, uh, your resource for 3D and 2D draftsman services. They offer a multitude of products, including stock home plans, 2D digital drawings, uh, 3D models, renderings, and more. That's InfinityHomePlans.com. Hey, don't forget EmailRevealer.com. That's my website, EmailRevealer.com. And we offer all different kinds of services. Uh, current place of employment locate. Let's say you're trying to locate where your ex-husband or your ex-wife is, uh, is working so you can collect on child support. You contact us. We can locate their place of employment for you and help you collect on that child support. Uh, let's say you think that your husband or your wife is cheating on you. Give us their email address and we can trace it back to online dating uh, websites and uh, dating services. Uh, so we have a multitude of services on EmailRevealer.com.
hey, don't forget the uh, New World Mexican Women. Okay, and I just Google New World Mexican Women. You can find their book uh, where they first describe their love letters uh, to their men and their sons and their uncles and their brothers who have traveled from South America uh, to North America to work as migrant workers. Uh, but the women down in this town there in Guerrero, Mexico, they want their men to come back. So they've written these beautiful love letters and they've put them all in this beautiful coffee table book. Uh, first, the letters are written in Spanish, handwritten. You can see pictures of the people writing the books. And then it comes on after that, and it's typewritten in English. Uh, and then also, too, uh, the, the second half of the book is teaching you how to make authentic Mexican jewelry from these New World Mexican women. You can find their book on Lulu.com. It's only $19, or you can download the digital edition for free. Uh, that's New World Mexican Women, uh, and it's a two-part book where first part is the love letters, and the second part is the making the handmade jewelry, the authentic Mexican jewelry. But you can also contact them, too, as well, uh, if you want to get a, a deal on wholesale jewelry uh, from, from Mexico, from these women. Welcome back to the Opperman Report. I am your host, private investigator Ed Opperman. Uh, we're brought to you by Audible.com. Go to audibletrial.com, front slash Opperman Report, and uh, sign up for free. Get a free audio book and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, we're here tonight with um, Tina Foster, an attorney from Seattle, a fascinating woman who seems really plugged in uh, to the kind of stuff we talk about here every week, which is a relief, you know, because uh, I... I you know, when you start researching this kind of stuff, you, you start kind of thinking, hey, am I crazy? <laughs> you know, is, am I going crazy here? You know, and when you meet a total stranger who's kind of tuned into the same kind of stuff, uh, it, it kind of makes you feel good. Let me ask you this, Tina. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, the final uh, Beatles live performance on that roof, right? Mm-hmm. It was on Savile Row, correct? Mm-hmm. Is that the same? Was that named after Jimmy Savile? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, that's okay, because I don't know either. I'm trying to find out. I know you do a lot of research into this stuff. But now, what about the connections, though, to the Beatles and Jimmy Savile? I couldn't tell you. I'm sorry. No, don't be sorry. But this is, <laughs> this is stuff, you know, you, you can look into. Because there's a whole, uh, you, you're familiar with the whole Jimmy, Jimmy Savile thing going on, right? I'm not. Oh my God! Uh, he was friends with the royal family and uh, uh, was uh, had. Oh, he was a pedophile, right? Worse than a pedophile. Okay. The guy was having sex with uh, um, dead bodies. Oh. It, it was, there's a lot of suspicion. He's a serial killer. Mm. Um, had access. This guy was a comedian, a TV presenter, top of the pops. Is was his, how he got started, you know. And it was well suspected of uh, you know molesting these little girls on the, on the show and stuff. Uh, but later on in his career, he had so much power because he had every Christmas he spent with Margaret Thatcher, okay, 
at mm-hmm. uh, the the president's palace over there in uh, in England. And uh, this character, uh, they gave him an office and complete access in this mental institution where he could do whatever he wanted there. And he was molesting the dead bodies and stuff. It, he was friends with the um, the Yorkshire Ripper, you know, <laughs> with being instituted. Just, uh, but it, his name was Jimmy Savile, and that concert was on Savile Row. And I'm, I'm trying to find out if it, it was named after him, because uh, that's really interesting. Because one of these backwards things I saw, too, when I was watching today, uh, they were talking about Savile. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's... It might, even if it's not named after him, it could be one of those weird uh, synchronicities. Yeah, because he definitely was, he, you know, there's pictures of him with the Beatles, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and supposedly uh, they, they played at his clubs and stuff like that. He promoted them in the UK and all kinds of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about Terry Melcher? You know anything about Terry Melcher? Not a lot, no. Okay. Do you think he ties into it or... Yeah, those are all definitely areas that you want to look into. My whole theory with this is that it was the Process Church and that whole Manson bunch uh, that swapped out uh, the Pauls and for a more satanic Paul who's now into magic with a K and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I just kind of thought it would be the Illuminati. But well, yeah, but they're part I mean, of the Illuminati. And, and, and yeah. also, too, Process Church, too, you got to remember they have all kinds of connections to uh, uh, intelligence. And, you know, in New York, when they were doing the Son of Sam murders... Um, what do you call it? Uh, they were involved with the elite, the Roy mm-hmm. Cohens, the Roy Radens, the, the super elite, the powerful people in the, in the DA's office in New York City. That's how they got away with all this stuff, and that's why it was all covered up. Yeah. Yeah, just like the... the what about the Franklin cover-up? You into all that kind of stuff? Uh, Just a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Okay, now we're getting a lot of response in the chat rooms. And in the, uh, I'm getting a million messages. Everyone sends me a message, and they says, Ed, I know you don't like messages during the show, but I got this question. So mm. uh, if you want to ask, we got Josh Brookshire here messaging me too, another bum. Guys, okay, everyone, we're going to start the after show early. You can call in now. You can Skype in now, uh, 702-605-4894, uh, or you can Skype me at ed.opperman. Uh, bring them all in and ask your questions, okay? Let's, let's look in. And, uh, Josh, you can call right in if you want. I'll pull you right in. Uh, oh, get this. Uh, Josh says, good guess. She sounds cute, too. <laughs> <laughs> Why, thank you. Oh, listen to you. Okay. <laughs> Josh Josh wants a girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> but we're taking calls, 702-605-4894 or uh, Opperman. You can Skype in and ask questions of Tina Foster um, with the... Um, uh, what do you call it? The the uh, Paul is dead, and all these different kinds of uh, uh, swapped out people and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Jenny, you were talking about some clues on these album covers. What what do you got with that? Oh yeah, okay. So um, so one of them was Let It Be, which has red behind um, Paul, right? Which people say represents blood, and you can also see that the pictures have been tampered with. They were compressed. When you see the originals and then you look at what was on the album, you can you can tell that they were compressed to make Fall's face rounder. Right. Um, and then, of course, the beard might have also helped make his face look fuller, you know. Um, Abbey Road, that was the, the main Clue album that people were talking about back then. So... And the annals of PID history, uh, basically it's gone down that 
so, so you see the four beetles walking across the street, right? And they were seeing John Lennon, who was wearing a white suit, was the uh, funeral director. Yeah, I know. You know what, man? What do you think of that? Oh, you know, I think all these clues could totally have been planted. Because there's so much, you know, really good, solid evidence. And when you hit, and I saw it over and over and over again. Uh, one guy's the funeral director. One guy's the grave director. Mm-hmm. Eh, really? You know? And all this stuff about the, uh, uh, well, the hand over the head is a symbolic for the Indian uh, ritual of the dead. Right. You know? <laughs> Why would you come up with this stuff, you know? Well, I mean, that stuff could have been planted. It's not as um, convincing as forensic evidence, of course. But, you know, if, if it's there, who's to say that they didn't put that there on purpose? And who's to say they didn't put the cigarette in Paul's right hand as a clue because Paul was, Left-handed. He did everything with his left hand. He said he even wrote backwards. Oh, really? Yeah, that was in a 1963 interview. So um, when you have somebody who's suddenly very proficient with the right hand and lots of sign or, or lots of um, you see him with doing stuff with the right hand, like a, in the anthology, people have said that I will that song I will that section where Fall is playing. Right-handed people say that it's been flipped, but even if it was flipped, that could be the clue. You're looking at a right-handed guitar. He's playing guitar, so right-handed guitarist, and it's like, well, but Paul was a left-hander, so it's like when you have him holding a wand and magical mystery tour with his right hand, or holding a tea, or just whatever. It's like these are very subtle clues, in my opinion that you're not dealing with the same person anymore. Yeah, I got, I got that. Yeah, but I don't know, man. I'm a little I'm a little worried about who is behind these clues and putting them out uh, besides that theory of that it's you know, they want to rub it on our face or that they have to tell us because of their magic. Uh, but we're joined by Mike Gray, who's a very frequent caller, uh, host of Parlay. Uh, Mike, are you there? Yes, sir, I'm here. you have a question? Yeah, no, I agree with her that... Um you know, well, John, well, very you, good. Well, Mike agrees, yeah. which is so we're well, done. Well, yay! <laughs> yeah, yay! So we're done. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, no, but you're right because in the early in the early shows, when Paul and uh, the real Paul or the original Paul would stand next to John, because uh, when they would both have guitars, the guitars would go out. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like one, yeah. and then, and then righty Paul comes, the new Paul comes, and they're going the same way. And John had made a comment that. When they stood together on stage with two guitars facing out, it looked interesting. Yeah. It looked like a V, you know? Mm-hmm. You, you know what's interesting? Uh, other than Mike's question, which is kind of boring. <laughs> but no, I'm sorry, Mike. But you know, you, you know during the White Album, uh, when, uh, when, when uh, the new fall is there, and he's, t- he's telling them, he's saying, but I saw you lads do it. I, you, you lads can do this, right? Mm-hmm. You remember that? Vaguely. Or was that uh, was that Let It Be? It could have been Let It Be. It was yeah. one of the. And, and you mm-hmm. know what? They never show that documentary anymore. Oh. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And but you ma- know, re- remember that John Lennon said that he chose Paul to be in his band, to be his bandmate when they were fifteen, because they knew each other. Yeah, right. So they were they were friends. Mm-hmm. And then all oh. of a sudden, they're no, you know, they made the excuse of well, when when uh, I think Epstein when Epstein died that Paul kind of took over the finances. 
and kind of took charge? Yeah, that was the, the fight. We, were, we mentioned that earlier with the Eastman versus the um, – uh, remind me of his name again. The, the, Stein? Yeah, I know he's – no, it, it no, it was um, yeah. Epstein was Paul's or Paul's they were, choice. They were the manager, and, right? Wasn't he and the manager? then yeah, and then there, the Goldman was that his name? No, not Goldman. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. The, the, he had another Jewish name. He was from New yeah. York, and, he, and uh, what's her name? Uh, May Pang worked for him. Right. Uh, uh, I forget his name right now. So uh, uh, <laughs> Klein, Klein, Klein. Yeah, yeah. So they were um, having that whole dispute or whatever, but yeah. Now, interesting, too, because, you know, Mae Pang, she's the one, because uh, John had not talked to his son for four years, Julian, and Mae Pang, because they rented some house on the beach in California, and uh, she hooked him up with Julian, and she got Paul McCartney to come back, and they were playing together. They played, a, they, they made a song together. Um. Okay, so there's something on my blog about in- discrepancies between what Julian said and what John's, John said about um, how often they saw each other. Okay, what do you got? Um, I think Julian said he saw him maybe like once a year, and then John was saying they saw each other like every other weekend or something. Oh, no, there was like a four-year period they didn't see each other. Yeah, no, there was some weird stuff going on with the, the stories there. Yeah, John wasn't a good father to the first one. Right, right. Yeah. Well, and that's that's a whole other thing about the John replacement. That well, when do you I, think John was replaced? Oh, at I the think, same time. I think they were all replaced by Sergeant Pepper. Well, then why would they, they be trying to kill uh, uh um what do you call the uh, Harrison? The uh, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. And why do they why do they kill an imposter John or is it just a, a fake assassination? Like we don't know what happened really, you know, because it, it, the the John Lennon assassination, you know, the doctor admitted that he destroyed evidence. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they destroyed the clothing because they didn't want people to get John Lennon's bloody clothes. Like, excuse me, what about the police? You know, and then they were like locking medical records up, and it was very strange. Yeah, that so, that is an extremely strange. There's so much with that uh, John Lennon assassination because there were two cops that were right around the corner. There were rookie cops when the call came in, so you know they raced over there like lunatics to be, you know, to get that. Oh, we got a, we got a shooting. You know, let's go put the lights on and get our guns. You know, they were all excited, but there were other cops there already. They already had a Chapman. Oh wow! These guys were right around the corner, and the cop who was taking Chapman out said. Yeah, I I thought there were other shooters, and I was using Chapman as a shield, you know, coming out. And plus, I had on Rod Farrell on my show, who did a documentary about this, and there's bullet holes. He counted the bullet holes in all the, all the videos. There's way more bullet holes than there were uh, uh, bullets uh, capable to be in Chapman's gun. Uh, we're joined by Josh Brookshire, uh, who's a real – he's into all this stuff. Hey, Josh, what do you got? Um, nothing much right now, man. I'm gonna let you guys keep going until the after show. Then I'm really gonna spread my wings, you know. Okay, but do you have any questions for the guest, uh, Tina Foster, first? Uh, Miss Foster, are you staying for the after show? Yeah. Uh, for a little bit, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, uh, a few things, you know. I uh, I don't agree with this at all, you know. But I do agree <laughs> that there's a. Uh, a lot of a lot of heavy dark things involving the Beatles, uh, so I'll just uh, leave that at there. You guys continue, okay? And I'll jump back in on the other side of the break. 
Okay. Well, Josh is yeah. the one who was saying you sounded so cute, so I guess maybe now there's <laughs> trouble in paradise <laughs> between Tina and Josh. But go ahead, Mike. What did you have? Uh, Tina, how old are you? <laughs> you don't ask that. <laughs> What's wrong with it? No wonder you can't get a girlfriend, Mike. like a high school student. I don't know. What's going <laughs> on? Okay, we got another call coming in. Everybody oh, hey, I, have a, I have a question. Uh, so you think that around the Sergeant Pepper time that even John Lennon, that all of them were, were placed out? Really? I do. Okay. Replaced out how? Like they were killed or just well, told to leave? Yes. I mean, really, the only one that has a lot of clues is Paul. It's like he's the focus point. Now, the other ones were they just replaced because, like, hey, you're fired from this band, you know? <laughs> go right. go live somewhere nice, Tahiti or something, you know? And keep, and a, keep, a, keep your head down. After we don't Epstein, know. That, that, that Paul did take charge and try to manage the, the band, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's weird that they say that um, John and Epstein, not that they were lovers, but that they, you know, uh, Lennon fooled around with Epstein. Yeah, I don't. They had a tryst. <laughs> I've heard that too, but I mean, yeah, maybe it's possible, I suppose. But John, John does not seem gay to me at all, like the original John. No, but. You know, people who want to make it to the top. You know, well, what I mean, about what like about Troy Feldman, right? Was did, did you hear? Did you hear the tapes where he says that when he reunited with his mother, um, when he was a teenager or late teen, that he had sexual feelings towards her? No, I never saw that. Just <laughs> listen to the song Julia, man. Right. I mean, really. The thing is that you have to remember about. John's relationship with his mother is that she was gone for most of his life and then came back into his life for like two years right at the cusp of 17, 18, and then she just dies, you know? So when you're at that age, you have a mixture of like loving feelings, where were you all my life, and then all of a sudden she's taken again from him. Yeah. I mean, I like John Lennon's music, but there is like a lot of mommy issues like in his songs, you know? Well, who exactly was saying that he had feelings for the mother was that the original John or the replacement John because there's a lot of discrediting that's been going on especially Paul I mean Paul discredits Paul he basically has trashed his legacy whatever Paul was trying to do he seemed very serious very committed he was he had he took a stand on political issues I mean Paul comes in and just kind of makes Paul his image is like a joke. Yeah, right. Because I was watching a lot of the early mm-hmm. interviews with the, the first Paul, mm-hmm. and and he was a smart guy. He was very mm-hmm. intelligent, you know, and very uh, thoughtful. And mm-hmm. then when you see, and this other guy's kind of flippant, you know, mm-hmm. he's kind of flippant, you know, like a, yeah. doing doing like the little uh, help uh, kind of, you know, the hard day night. Yeah, he tries to he acts like Paul when Paul was in his early twenties because right. he doesn't have anything else to go off of. So if you if you train as a double and you're studying somebody, Paul died. I mean, I think he died around 24. So it's like he's a very young man. So you have this old 70-year-old guy still acting like a 20-year-old Paul. Yeah, and, and even his haircut. Like, he never changed his hairstyle. Like, it's still kind of like a long hair. Like, he's never gotten, like, a normal haircut. Like, a yeah, cool he's cut. still a mop top. He's, yeah, he's still a mop he top. Right. He can't because he's locked into that. That Paul McCartney as a Beatle image. 
if he drastically changed it, people would be like, whoa. You know, <laughs> they have similar faces, but you could just see the eyes are different. The yeah. ears are subtly different. The mouth, the, the teeth. The eye know? color is different. I mean, Paul has brown eyes and fall. I mean, even in Strawberry Fields Forever, they show you green eyes three times. Nothing is real. Go watch the video. Green eyes. <laughs> like, they're just right in your face. And also in Full in the Hill, he's got green eyes. And there are other pictures of him with not brown eyes, basically. So I never noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> but, Josh, what your thing is that uh, you think the music is the same? Because Josh is a musician. Not, it's not really even about about the music thing because, it, all right, I, we can definitely agree that like heavy political like connections that for to prevent suicide attempts and to have dictators at more than one place at once to reinforce their power doubles must be created. But to say that, all right, let's assume that. Paul didn't die in an accident while looking at the lovely Rita meter maid, you know? Yeah, that's crazy. And they, all right, they were planning to replace him anyway. Still, why would they include any hints, though, about it? In my, and I've done, uh, as you know me, man, I've done a lot of research into occult. The whole thing about they have to tell us what they're doing, no occult, like, book actually, like, says that at all. In fact, you're supposed to prevent any knowledge whatsoever that you are even involved in the occult. You know, you're supposed to pretend you're of a different religion. You're supposed to be able to hide amongst people who, whose beliefs are different from you, you know, unless you're out there, at, out there promoting that. And then, I mean, just, just multiple things. I think his musicianship obviously got much better, but if they were trying to present this image that Paul McCartney was this, like, Beatific, like really up, up there, like happy guy. Then all you have to do is really listen to those first two McCartney solo albums, the self-titled one, and then later on Ram. They're extremely dark records. The musicianship isn't really like on par. It's all homespun like demos. So if he was created to be put out in the public eye, then surely his first like solo record away from the Beatles would have been like Band on the Run by Wings, you know, or uh, Wings. It would have been overly produced, had a, a hit single right off the top. It would have been heavily polished, all this stuff. It just, I don't know, man. I, I think, like, the truth is somewhere in the middle, you know, and that's how can why. It, Josh, how can it be in the middle? Either he's a different guy or he's not. <laughs> on this level, this is, how, this is how it's in the middle, Ed. Yeah. Because, in my opinion, figuratively change, reborn into an occult movement. You know what I'm saying? Literally losing the old identity and forming the new identity. You guys were mentioning Timothy Leary and William S. Burroughs. Uh, The thing that people forget is that there is a magical group from England formed by Peter J. Carroll. It's called the Illuminate of Thanateros. It exists to this day. Uh, Robert Anton Wilson, who wrote the Illuminatus Trilogy, was a member uh, William S. Burroughs, Timothy Leary, and uh, Genesis Peorage as well, tied in with the Process Church, also a member of this group. Yeah. It ties in with the chaos and everything like that, you know. Plus, I mean, even like some of like the earlier poppy stuff on Help, you know, like All Follows the Sun, 
you know, if you're going to look into symbolism, how can you, like, have a song called I'll Follow the Sun and not, like, know what those trigger words are? But I'm not going to hog the mic, man. I'd say that we can all we can all agree. I think the Paul has said is like a really good thought experiment. But I don't I don't like nail my my uh, flag to any mass. You know what I'm saying? I'm kind of. But, but, but Josh, I you definitely agree but, that uh, that uh, Osama bin Laden and uh, Saddam Hussein. Come on, those those are definitely they had multiple doubles, right? Oh yeah, as well as I'm I'm obviously sure Kim Jong Il or Un right now definitely has one. Okay. Definitely. All right, we're getting to the last two minutes on the show. We're going to be dropping Hazy Radio. We're going to be dropping PSN Radio and Talk Superstation we're going to be dropping. Uh, and But we're going to be sticking with uh, good old Patty Walking Turtle and the whole AwakeRadio.us and AwakeRadio.uk. So real quick, Scott Hare, do you want to plug your shows coming up? Uh, Sure. Uh, Cross the Void Radio comes up Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. This week my guest is best-selling author Ty Bollinger. We're going to be talking about all this stuff going on with uh, – uh, with with the with as he puts it the medical mafia and we're going to be talking about the the measles cases and the Ebola cases and a whole bunch of different things so it's going to be a really interesting show it's probably one it's it's one that especially if your children are being vaccinated right now or you have to make those choices it's one you probably want to it's probably one you want to hear because we're going to be talking about it okay there you go Scott's going to give me medical advice coming up <clears throat> okay Scott thanks for producing brother okay I'll talk to you next week and we got Patty Walking Turtle you want to uh, promote your shows and stuff. Thank you so much, Ed. And, uh, yes, tomorrow, beginning at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time, where the wild things grow. And also Sunday, the Brain Gym, starting at 12 noon, CST. Uh, and on Mondays, Turtle Talk at uh, 4 p.m. Central Standard Time on the Awake Radio Network and Scottish Sovereigns on the land.ning.com. Okay, Thanks. great. And we are joined by area code 504. You want to just say hello, and then we're going to take a little break, and we'll come back uh, and do the after show. Hello, how are you? Good, 504, how are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Um, just wanted to make a comment. I had seen Paul in concert in 1964 in New Orleans at City Park Stadium, and I have just recently seen Paul in concert October 11th again in New Orleans, Smoothie King Center. Definitely not the same man. Mm. Well, there we have first-hand testimony. Okay, guys, hold on. We're going to be uh, taking a break, a nice little five-minute break. We'll be coming back with the after show, more with Tina Fawcett. She's going to be hanging out with us for a little while, she says. <laughs> Mike Thank Gray. Thank you so much. Now, hang out to 504. Josh Brookshire is going to be hanging Thanks. out. 504 going to hang out, too. We're going to keep you on the phone. And we'll be right back after these messages with more of the Opera Report after show.